This morning I want to tell you a story about two brothers. They went to church one Sunday morning, and as they were there, they heard the minister preach on missions. And the brothers were inspired, and so after they had left church and went home, they began discussing with one another what it meant to truly be Christians and to be on mission for Jesus. The next day, they went and visited the minister. And as they began to tell him about their desire to go and do missions work in the kingdom of God, they were surprised when the minister himself told them, Oh, don't worry about that. That's just, that's just Sunday morning type Christianity stuff. You don't have to worry about actually going and doing such things. Just be good and continue to be members of the church, and that'll be enough. Well, the brothers were very surprised and very dismayed that the minister of their church did not take Scripture seriously and did not want them to actually go out and follow the commands of Jesus. The brothers were Robert and James Haldane, and they lived in Scotland, and up until this point of time in their lives were ministers of the Church of Scotland. But from that day forward, they began to be missionaries and to set up independent Christian churches throughout Great Great Britain and Ireland, setting up 85 churches in all. This morning, though, I don't want to talk to you about missions, and I don't really want to talk to you necessarily about service, except in connection with another topic, reading scripture. And the title of this morning's sermon is Looking into the Mirror of Scripture. Because as we read and as we hear Scripture preached, we, like the Haldane brothers, want to be encouraged and incited to action. So that, like James tells us, we aren't hearers of the word only, but we are also doers. And this is what James says in James chapter 1, verses 23 through 25. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and has gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. And we all want to be that type of person. The type of person who hears scripture and takes it to heart, who is ready to serve and do something about it. But we might be getting ahead of ourselves. For what really is scripture? There may be many answers to that question. The Bible itself is a compilation of texts that have been written over the course of 1500 years. And it's an ancient text because it's been at least 1,900 years since any of the epistles, the letters, that is, the poetry or the history of the Old and the New Testament have been written. The Bible is also composed of scripture that is both meaningful or were meaningful to Israel and then are also very meaningful to the church today. And I'm sure that we're all familiar with texts like 2 Timothy 3.16, claiming that Scripture is the inspired Word of God, or rather, as Paul said more closely to the Greek, that Scripture is God-breathed and good for correction and good for reproof. Now, when Paul wrote those words, he was writing to Timothy, somebody that he considered to be a child in the faith, somebody that he cared about, also somebody who was in ministry. And so while we can read 
the letter to Timothy, the second letter that is, and we can take Paul's words to heart too and we can trust them. Scripture is God-breathed and Scripture is good for teaching and correction. What does that really mean to us? What is, what is Scripture to us today and what does it mean for you and me to read Scripture and become doers of the Word? Well, to get at that question, perhaps we have to think a little bit more about how did we get the scriptures that we now call scriptures. For when Paul was writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, he didn't have in mind his own writings necessarily, but he was talking about the Old Testament. Genesis through Malachi, those were the scriptures to the apostles and to the early church. And the apostolic writings that we have now, mainly letters, and of course Acts, which is a book of history, and then also the Gospels, these texts were revered by the church and considered to be scripture as well. And I'm sure that the Holy Spirit had a part to play in bringing the books that we have together into our modern day Bible. But as we read it, we have to remember that these were living texts, these were letters to people, these were prophecies about a future that has already passed to us a lot of the time, that these texts include the history of the people of Israel, and that's only a family or a group that we have been grafted into because of what Jesus has done. And we might certainly know all of the information that Scripture discloses to us by the power of the Spirit, and I hope dearly that you read the Scriptures and that you study them and that you care about what they say. But more than that... I want you to become doers of the word. Christian philosopher Soren Kierkegaard, who lived in the 19th century, rather, said this, and he was talking about faith and scripture and Christianity. He said, there is no lack of information in a Christian land. Something else is lacking. And this is a something which one cannot directly communicate to the other. If we apply what he said to the scriptures themselves, we realize, yes, we have a wealth of information, revealed information. We have information about Israel's history, prophecies about the Messiah, Jesus coming to his people, about the salvation of the world. We have information about what's to come next, about the end times. We have information about what it means to be the church. We have information about what it means to be saved. There is certainly no lack of information, but then we also have to ask ourselves, just because we have that information, does it necessarily mean that we're being good disciples? Those who follow Jesus, that's what a disciple is, a follower of their teacher, one who becomes just like their teacher. When we read scripture, do we have a real encounter with Jesus? Or are we merely reading to gain some new insights into a bunch of information? Well, I hope it's certainly not that. Because what we want to do here in our church, and as we're growing together, is to foster a community of believers, of those who are committed and willing to follow Jesus, who are, above all else, doers of His Word. And so as we talk about the text of Scripture, we can talk about interpretation. That is, when we come to the text and we read it, how do we take all of that information in and make it living to us, or rather receive it as a living word given to us 
by the Holy Spirit. You might have several questions about this. Can just anyone interpret Scripture that way? And the answer that I would give you is yes, absolutely. Anyone can interpret Scripture in such a way that they are to become doers of the Word. Now what that doesn't mean is that you necessarily can just pick up the Bible and read it and whatever pops into your head, a tribute to the Holy Spirit giving that word to you. Rather, there is a meaning there, there's a real meaning there into the text, or what we might call an original meaning. That's at least what scholars say. And so in the text, there's always what the author intended to say to their audience. For example, this morning we've already read from two letters. One was a personal letter from Paul to Timothy. And in that letter, Paul was writing directly to one individual who lived almost 2,000 years ago. Those words are personal. They're to Timothy. Paul meant something, and that meaning was to be communicated to Timothy directly. James, on the other hand, was writing a letter that was to be given to a church. Perhaps it was the church at Jerusalem. Even some scholars think that this letter was to be circulated around, and at least that's the way it ended up, being circulated around. It has a meaning for the church, the whole church. But first, as James was writing, his intended meaning was for Christians that again lived almost 2,000 years ago. And so there is a meaning there that has to be foundational. What was James trying to say to the early church? What was Paul trying to say to Timothy? But beyond that, Scripture has a much greater scope. And that's what does God have to say to you and me today? What does God have to say to you and me so that we become more and more like Jesus? So that we become servants so that we become peaceful, so that we become gentle, so that we become loving and share the love of God with the world. Now that meaning is one in which when we read, we have to be in prayer and we have to be thinking about how are we going to do what the Word says. We can't be like the person who looks in the mirror and forgets our appearance, but rather when we come to Scripture as one who wants to become a doer of the Word, we read the Word and we see ourselves as we are. And maybe we see ourselves as we have been also. And hopefully there's some improvements. Hopefully we're growing more and more to look just like Jesus and live a life like His own. But more than that even, hopefully we see ourselves in the future. We see what God has for us and who God wants us to become. That's the type of interpretation that I want to encourage all of you to be about when you pick up the Bible and read. You have an option always, and that's just to read it and pretend like this is information, like it's knowledge. Maybe even you read it so that you know more than somebody else, but that's a terrible way to treat Scripture. Because as we read Scripture, we're to have an encounter with the living and risen Christ, the Lord of our lives, King of the universe, Jesus, and we're being taught to live a life just like his. So as we read scripture and as we begin to interpret the text, we also begin to interpret ourselves. And when we talk about what it means to be interpreted by the text, interpreted by God and the Holy Spirit, we have to realize that all of us stand within horizon, a horizon rather. What I mean by that 
is if you walk outside and you look around and you go in a complete 360 degrees circle, a panoramic view of your surroundings, no matter which direction you look, there will be at the farthest point a horizon, a place where the sky meets the earth or the sky meets land. This is a horizon. And as we look out, we might see various things on the horizon, but they're distant to us. We're not experiencing them firsthand. We're experiencing them at a distance. When we read scripture, we do the very same thing. We're reading a text that is ancient. We're reading a text that was written in a different language. We're reading a text that fits into a different culture. It's on the horizon to us. And so as we read scripture, we never want to be arrogant. We never want to make it say what we need it to say. But rather, we come to it humbly. We come to scripture and we ask, what does God have for us? Who does God want us to be as we read and as we learn and as we are transformed by the Holy Spirit and by reading the word of God? What we also begin to realize then from Scripture's perspective or from the Apostles' perspective who wrote those texts originally or maybe the Prophets' perspective, we ourselves would exist on a horizon that is so very, very, very far off, extremely far off. What does Scripture have to say to us? Well, there is a gap there, meaning you can't just read a passage out of Jeremiah and automatically assume that God has wonderful plans for you even before you were born, when you were still in the womb. I'm sure God does have a plan for you, or rather, God has a purpose for you to fit in too, but those words were for the prophet Jeremiah. So what do words like that mean to us today? How do we read Scripture? Well, the answer comes back full circle to where we began. We have to read Scripture practically. We don't want to read Scripture just as information. We don't want to read Scripture simply as an ancient text. We don't even want to read Scripture just as history, because that's not the point of Scripture in the first place. If we're talking about what we now refer to as the Old Testament, the purpose of the Old Testament was for the people of Israel to grow together and form the community of God that would bring Jesus into the world, that would support him, that hopefully would follow after him and grow into the kingdom of God. Well, those Old Testament scriptures still mean those things to us. In a very real way, the New Testament writers are using the Old Testament to create a world in which we are to inhabit a world in which is so real to us that we are the same people who go on a journey from slavery in Egypt through the Red Sea into a new life in the Promised Land. But the way we do that is by meeting Jesus. By meeting Jesus, taking him seriously, and doing what he says. So let's revisit the words of James for a moment, because this is a practical way of reading scripture. James says again, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. Now notice what James says about the person who is merely 
a hearer of the word. A person who merely hears the word and does not do what the word says, that is scripture, who merely hears scripture, maybe preached or just reads scripture as information only and does not become a doer of scripture, a follower of Jesus, that person forgets who they are. That person fails to be a human being created in the image and likeness of God. That person is one who is still enslaved to sin. That person has failed to enter into a real relationship with God. That person has failed to serve in God's kingdom and be about what God has in his plan and in his purpose. But there's another type of person. The one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty. That's the law of the spirit of life in Paul's writings. And then abides by it not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. And what is that blessing? That blessing is having union with God. Eastern Christians use a Greek word to describe the whole point of Christianity. And this word is theosis. It comes straight out of Scripture. It comes out of Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4, where Peter says that we are to participate in the nature of God. When we read Scripture, we don't read Scripture simply as literature or history or poetry or a book that is just going to give us knowledge, but we read Scripture to have an encounter with Jesus. And in Scripture, we encounter Jesus as the Christ. That means as Lord of everything as Lord of God's kingdom, but as the risen Lord as well. The one who has already defeated our sin and our death and everything that holds us back from having a true relationship with God. And so when we read scripture and we encounter Jesus, what we have possible for us is participation. Or to use that difficult Greek word again, we have the opportunity for theosis, to become like God, to become like the very love of God or the very plan of God. We have a real participation in what God is doing in the world. And so remember the example that I started out with, Robert and James Haldane, two men who had been in the Church of Scotland their whole lives. They attended church one day. And all of the sudden it dawned on them that they didn't want to be merely hearers of the word only. They didn't want to take scripture as simply some information that might help you get to heaven someday. They didn't want to read scripture and just think, oh yes, these are some holy words that we should respect or honor. They read scripture and realized that they wanted to become doers. Doers of the word. They read scripture and they finally encountered who Jesus was. And it was this encounter with the risen Lord that empowered them to go and preach and to begin to baptize people and to plant 85 churches in their, life, in their lifetimes that were baptizing believers in Christ. That's amazing. When we read scripture, we don't simply open a book. But as we read scripture, we begin a relationship, and a conversation with the text, a dialogue.
a communication in which we are interpreting the text so that it makes sense in our horizon so that we might actually become doers of the word. That is, we read the text in such a way it makes sense to us. And we can do that because as we read, we encounter Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit and we truly begin to see God the Father and what his plan is. But not only that, we ourselves begin to be interpreted by the text. And as we look into the mirror of Scripture, we see our past, and we see our present, and most importantly, we see our future. We see what we are going to be and what we can be in Christ Jesus. Amen.